in my head, the jam session was this big make it or break it one time opportunity where you either get a big gig off the back of it or everybody knows that you suck in the city. And Unfortunately, that's something that only existed in my head. So Jack, welcome back to another episode of the Pickup Music Pod. It's great to have you here again. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Today, we're talking about a hot topic that a lot of people ask us here at Pickup is how to survive a jam session. I'm particularly curious about your thoughts because you live across the pond. I remember my days uh, in college and even here in in LA afterwards uh, going to jam sessions and I'm curious, you know, what are the similarities? What are the differences? And yeah, just getting your your perspective here. So tell us, you know, how do we survive a, a jam session? Surviving a jam session? Well, it's a really it's a really interesting subject, this, because I think there's everything to do with breaking down the fear of them and then getting past the point of survival to the point of actually enjoying them as well. So I hope we can kind of get to that place as well. That'd be Wait, fun. Are you telling me that going to a jam session can be enjoyable? Sometimes, yeah. I know it sounds crazy, <laughs> but it really can be. It, it really can be. It's They are scary environments, of course. And I think if we were to kind of set it up and, and talk about maybe the differences, that's, that's a fun way to start. I think... Um, yeah, over here in the UK, then the scene is quite small. We have some big cities and we have London, of course, everybody knows. We have the second city here, Birmingham. And then we have other cities like perhaps Manchester, Glasgow, Leeds, these kind of cities, Bristol, that have much smaller scenes. So the music scene in the UK is very, very small. It's very incestuous and everybody knows everybody. So it's very much about just rubbing shoulders with the same people a lot of the time. London is maybe the outlier in which you're getting people from all corners of Europe as well. So it's a very different experience, I would say. But over here in the Midlands in, in Birmingham, the jam sessions are great. They're they're very they're very calm. They're very friendly as well. And uh they're they're great to just frequent, I think, because you're always getting different kinds of players. So I make sure to try to go to lots of different kinds. I've started going to like Afrobeats jams that are around here. Uh, there's a hip hop jam as well, which is great. Obviously, there are jazz jams in and around the city too, but there are then open jams uh, up up around this 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 side of uh, this side of Birmingham, which really just incorporate everything from neo soul to rock to jazz to R and B, and it's really great to just see this big soup of music happening and all all in one place. So the UK is an interesting one. You will bump into the same people a lot of the time. There are a whole host of different kinds of jams, but I would say it's uh, yeah, it's a lot like that. How is the US? Well, I'm curious over there, is there still an element, particularly probably in the jazz jams, is there an element of that like cutthroat kind of vibe sort of stuff ever happening over there or uh, not so much? I think there can be in the jazz sort of world, especially as, uh, and this is one of the interesting things, jazz is something that has been implanted in the UK. It's not a naturally occurring uh, music scene, I would say. So a lot of our jazz jams that are around the UK very much come from the fact that the universities are close by and the universities have set them up. So oftentimes you're getting players that are from that environment and create the environment. So you get some really nice jams of those people as well. They're not all cut through, but you will get the odd jam here and there that can be quite quite hard to deal with. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, so when I was going to college, it was probably like 2004 through 2008-ish. And um, in the Midwest in particular at that time, I think there was a, a still an element of, you know, that it has to be almost like not enjoyable and you have to cut your teeth and 
and it was just really intimidating and um, I didn't ever really enjoy it. I, I much like would have preferred just to get together and play with friends. Um, but that's just my nature. Some people were into it out here in LA, the ones that I've been to just, you know, outside of school, it definitely seems, I don't know if it's just LA, but it definitely seems more positive and it's more diverse in terms of the types of music that you're playing. You know, it's like quote unquote jazz, but you know, you most likely are going to be playing some like groove type of music as well. So yeah, so it sounds like they're not that different, um, especially nowadays, you know, and with the with the internet. So maybe you could give us some tips about how to prepare for a jam session, regardless of the style. Sure. Well, regardless of the style, I think jam sessions, they're all the same kind of environment. You're still going there to play people. It's going to be unknown largely. There might be elements of improvisation and you have to be able to deal with chaos that sometimes occurs, which is getting lost. So the jam session itself, regardless of the genre or the people, is not changing. The environment is always stuck. So I like to think of jam sessions as breaking them into two parts. I think there's preparation and I think there's expectation. And these are two things that sort of feed each other, but I think you can prepare them both in isolation. So preparation then is the things to prepare for in advance. I think these are skills that you can have, things that you can rely on. So this can be anything from just having a strong set of musical skills. So anything like you're having your rhythm down, knowing, you know, having a good ear for melody as well, being able to grab chords uh, to just sort of knowing your gear, how your guitar works and how, how you can plug into somebody else's gear and get your sound as quick as you can. I think that's one side of preparation. I think there's another side of preparation though as well is know what you're going to expect from the situation itself. So that sounds like an expectation thing, but it's more of a preparation thing. So what kind of band are you getting up to play with? What kind of style? What's the role of the guitar players that you see? I think there's a lot of kind of questions that you can ask beforehand and then you can start sort of training yourself for. So oftentimes, and I remember this very early on going out to both jazz jams and very much kind of other open jams, I would attend jams as an audience member initially with no guitar, with no intention to play, just to get a feel of the room to get a feel for who's there, who frequents it, what kinds of music is played, what's the etiquette as well, how do people trade leads and instruments and all that kind of thing. Get an understanding of how the musicians treat each other too. And I think these are all things that you can do as preparation. They allow you to go into the situation with less stress. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Attending the jam as an audience member first. That's, yeah, that sounds like something I would do. Yeah. I think it's kind of check out the scene. Yeah, I think for me personally, I think there was a lot of fear around jam sessions, especially when I was studying. I was in a really big city in London and I was very fearful of just not matching up. So in my head, the jam session was this big make it or break it one time opportunity where you either get a big gig off the back of it or everybody knows that you suck in the city. And Unfortunately, that's something that only existed in my head. It didn't, it didn't really exist. It's something that when I then started to break it down into really small preparations, going out, shaking hands with a couple of people, asking them what their experience was. How did you do this? What songs did you learn? What did you have in advance? Or what should I keep an eye out for? You start to break down the fear of the jam session into, oh, it's actually manageable. It's actually something that, we, that I can do. Expectation would be the other side of things. So expectation is, what do you want to get out of the experience? You might not want anything out of the experience. But I think there's something really nice about knowing why you're going to jams as well. Because if you're just going to have a bad time, you're just turning up and expecting a bad time, most of the time, that's what's going to happen. 
But if you're going to meet people, if you're going to learn, I think you're going into it with a completely different, um, a different mindset as well, a, a, a place of wanting to find positivity and also give it too. You might be somebody that's looking for future band members or just simply an environment to learn from where you can test out new ideas that you have as well. I think expectation is all about gearing up to go. It's the stuff that you can't plan for. It's not the skills. It's the stuff that you have to go there and think, well, what do I want to get out of it? If I flop on stage and I don't play so well, what do I want to get out of it? Do I want to meet people? If that's if that's all that you want out of the expectation, great. You've gone with the goal in mind. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, the, the, there, there's so many goals that you can get out of the experience beyond just, you know, playing experience for sure. Yeah. Meeting people, developing your network. Yeah. Like you said, band, future band members is, that's a huge one. I mean, that's a really good point. Yeah. So there's a lot that jam sessions have to offer, but I think it's knowing that that expectation part is the unknown part. It's the part that we just don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what the situation is going to be, whether it's playing or social situation. And that can be part of the fun of it when you learn to relax in that environment. But I think it'd be really, really helpful for people to know what jam sessions are next to what they are not. I think once you get it in your mind what they are, I think it becomes a lot easier to, to bite off and, and actually take on. So I'm curious to see if you agree with me here, Carl, but... I have some ideas about what jam sessions are. I would say that jam sessions are, for one, they're learning environments. They're the perfect chance for you to find your own weak spots in your playing. If you're somebody that likes to self-learn as well, you're you're absolutely going to find it in, in that environment. There's that old expression of, you know, you go to school at the gig or you go to school at the jam. And then I would say it's a nice, it's a nice social spot as well for being able to meet like-minded players or meet players who might inspire you to try different things. I can't tell you the amount of times I've had realizations going to jams and just sitting in the audience and listening to great players and then thinking, huh, I would never do that. So let me go and try that or let me go and uh, think about practicing that or maybe let me go and ask this person for a lesson because I've, I've heard something that's really taken me by surprise and inspired me. I think it's also, yeah. yeah. It's also well, a great yeah, spot for that. Inspiration is is probably one of the biggest reasons for me. Like a lot of times uh, I remember being so kind of shy maybe or just kind of intimidated to get up there. and But, but I would always walk away inspired for sure. Because then I'd be like, oh man, I got to learn that. I got to like... The way that he's playing, like you can see how relaxed he is or, you know, like whatever it might be. Uh, it was, there was always some things to take away that would inspire me to go back and practice. So, yeah, I think those, those are really great points. I think the last thing I would say in there is there's a little bit of me in this statement here, but I remember when I was younger, especially my early twenties and just either being in music college and trying to find my way and knowing that jams are the place to do it. I felt really, really nervous going to jams. Like I, like my fingers turned to jelly and I didn't know what to do. And suddenly all the songs that I'd learned had gone and they'd vanished. And I think it's knowing that everybody else is in that same boat and that it's a very nerve wracking environment. But the beauty of jams is that they are an environment that you can conquer. And sometimes it's just going regularly. They, they can be, they can be excellent that way. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. I think there is something to that. Like the consistency, it's just like with practicing as well, you know, it's, it, it will pay off eventually for sure. Definitely. And it sort of leads us into the conversation of what jams are not as well. 
And I think this is where it's about breaking down the fear of what a jam is. Because of course, it's a scary place to get up on stage and play music to people that you don't know with people that you don't know. But I think it's important to understand what it's not as well, to take away some of that fear. And I think there are some house rules as well in what jam sessions are not as well, that I think a lot of musicians, whether they are advanced or they're, they're, they're going for the first time, can learn about it. I think it's for one, I'll repeat a point that I already made, but it is not your only chance to make it big. There are jams every night of the week in most cities as well. And most people are so, there's so much in themselves that they're not noticing if you make a mistake or if you, if you mess up a song or you forget a chord here and there. So it's not your only chance to make it big. It's not your only chance to make that connection. It's simply just a place to really be in, to meet like-minded folk, perhaps to meet artists as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, we, we should, this, this will be our, um, you know, our cry. This will be our, our mission is to, uh, get cancel vibing at jam sessions. All right. That's our, <laughs> that's our advocacy. Um, absolutely. And that's one of the, like, it's one of the bad behavior things that goes on with jam sessions. You know, we're talking about house rules there, but I think there's something really key in when you see the musician as a whole, who is the musician as a whole, the, the, the public musician as a whole. It can't just be the person that's there to make it all about themselves and to perform. It's got to be somebody who's there to support the scene. And if that means making sure that it's not a place uh, or an environment that vibes players, I think it's, yeah, it's important that jam sessions are not that. <laughs> you know, this is, this is giving me an idea and Sam and I have talked about this a little bit, but having like a monthly pickup jam here in LA. Um, if you're listening to this and that sounds interesting to you, uh, leave it, leave us a, a note in the comments, but, uh, something, yeah, there's, there's like a new restaurant that opened near our, the pickup studio. And, uh, one of the, one of the servers is actually a pickup member. Uh, he, he recognized Sam. He was like, you're Sam. And, uh, and we were chatting, we were like having a drink there one time and, and we were like, man, we should do a jam here. That'd be fun. And then I was thinking, wow, I've never led my own jam before. Um, and, uh, that would be, I don't know, it'd be a great play. It would be a great opportunity for me to have a, to bring these good vibes and, uh, and have a, a positive experience, you know, instead of kind of the one that I, uh, feared growing up. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it's like, it's fun as well. The other place that, that it's not a jam is it's not a place to panic because everybody's in that same boat. And if, I think if you can create an environment which encourages people to come in and share their craft, share the stuff they've been working on, then it's great. It means everybody can enjoy each other's playing. Everybody can enjoy the experience as a whole as well. It doesn't have to be this horrible environment that people, people you know, sneer or, or, or vibe each other at. It can be a great, it's going to be, yeah, it can be a great chance. Maybe we could talk about some like, like really nitty gritty skills uh, that will get people through jams. What, what are some skills that you think uh, will help people? This, I think, is where we're going back to the idea of preparation. So skills are often something that you don't learn in the moment. They are ways of thinking, perhaps, or they are simply things that are just embedded in your general musicality that can really help you out of a tight jam. No pun intended. But when we think about things like ear training skills, ear training is useful, not just for being able to hear, you know, the distance between two intervals and a car alarm, but also how to fit into a musical environment too. So when you get up, and I, I have many experiences of this, getting up and the band sounds a lot more, it just sounds different on stage than it did when I was listening to it. 
And sometimes it can sound really muddy. And I've had to use my ear training to listen out for what's the bass doing, because the bass is going to be the thing that gives me all the answers to what the chords are, what I'm going to play on top of it, what the key of the piece is as well. So I think ear training is a skill that will absolutely get you through. So focus on, can you identify major and minor chords? Can you hear what the bass is doing? Can you hear the general groove that everybody is locking into as well? You would be shocked the amount of times that it's not the notes, but it's the feel of what you're doing that gets you the gig. And that's also very true for jam sessions as well. If you can lock in with everybody else that's playing, you know, you're creating a good vibe. You're creating a good time and everybody knows that you're feeling the same thing they are. I would say that would be the first thing that I would I would make sure is is under my belt. Absolutely. And just a little plug here. I think the groove learning pathway at Pickup Music would be an amazing way to prepare yourself for a jam session. There's so many great things in there for for people to work on. And it's rhythm-based because, you know, if nothing else, if in most cases in a jam as a guitar player, you're only going to be soloing like maybe 10% of the time. The rest of the time, you're going to be expected to be playing chords, right? Um, so, you know, throwing on some some jams from the groove learning pathway, maybe, maybe not looking at the music and just putting on the tracks, uh, would be a great way to develop your ear, right? I would absolutely second the groove learning pathway. I remember when we had initial conversations about what what was going to be in the course, I remember very viscerally thinking that everybody that was there, for example, when we have these kinds of discussions, it's all with working musicians. It's with people who have been in these environments. And I remember just thinking, yes, these are all the things that I would do, that I would lean upon as well, skills that I would have in the jam environment. I think those are... Those, it's a perfect environment for for learning those skills. So yeah, plus one on the groove pathway. Is there anything else that you have for us with the, as far as skills? Yeah, I think there's a big thing here in in developing awareness for musicians around you. So developing mu- an awareness for musicians around you is sort of knowing the etiquette as well. So it's knowing when it's your turn to solo next to when it's your turn to turn down and let somebody else solo, or it's you know knowing who's whose role is what, who plays the melody, who holds the bass line. I would say one of the things that that stands out to me quite a lot is that there are a lot of people who become nervous in jams and they close in on themselves. They stop listening to what's around them and they think that they should have all the answers. When in actual fact, the answers are on stage. The answers are in digging into the drums, digging into the bass, listening to the keyboard. And I would say really big tip here. You can take a minute. You can always take a minute to just listen to what's around you. I do this often. I stop playing entirely. I just listen and, and try to think, how should I fit in here? I think it's a, it's a nice scale, skill um, and it allows you to learn how to interact with the instruments. It allows you to think about all the other musicians around you and allows you to then start having more complex thoughts about being tasteful as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. You can always not play for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I think people will respect that too. You know, as long as like you, what you come in with isn't totally bogus. Um, yeah. People will respect and appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, I think a last point on that skills to get you through is learning to deal with the unexpected and you don't get to do that in one session. I think the unexpected is dealing with a little, a tiny little bit of chaos in the mix where you go to enough jams, you'll start to realize that 
everybody's playing a different in a different key center or everybody's playing different chords and how do you balance that how do you either keep yourself on track or everybody on track as well i found myself sometimes um, speaking to the other band members and getting everybody on track and then thinking well i didn't realize i had that skill <laughs> i didn't realize i could talk to everybody and 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 manage to kind of steer the ship in a way but these sort of things dealing with the unexpected is truly about just developing coping skills for staying calm the more you go to jams the more you start to realize look the first time you go it's going to feel like a hectic environment the next time you go it's not going to feel so hectic you'll come to a point where you start going regularly enough where you think do you know what this is the most relaxed environment that it could be yeah and sometimes that chaos is uh entertaining too like to to people that might be there at the jam. I mean, you, in a way it's like, like you said, coping skills for staying calm slash embracing and enjoying the chaos because, you know, sometimes, especially with improvised music, which is, um, you know, a lot of what happens at a jam, uh, you know, you, you have to take those, those leaps in order for it to be interesting. Absolutely. And I think other musicians are also watching how you deal with that too. I cannot tell you the amount of times that I've, played with musicians who they are aware of chaos going on or they are, they're aware of the, the jam going off the track. And I look over at them and they are just like a stalwart. They're just like a, they just know how to deal with the chaos. And, you know, they're, they're looking at you as well. How do you deal with it? Are you relaxed about it? Are you panicking? And it's nice as well. You can kind of feed off of everybody's energy on stage too. So we've talked a lot about kind of the, how to get through it technic from a technical perspective and, you know, musical perspective. Um, what are some other things as far as like for budding professional musicians, um, any other tips or tricks, things that you'd recommend? I think for budding professional musicians, the thing I would say is that going to jams is like your live personal CV. It's the thing that you give out. It, what What is it that you guys call it in the US? A CV? Yeah, CV. CV. In okay. academia. Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's like giving out your CV on stage, just allowing other musicians to know what you do, perhaps as well, allowing artists to know what you do. Multiple times I've had rappers, I've had singer songwriters, I've had all kinds of different artists come up to me afterwards and say, hey, really dig what you're doing. Do you want to go for a coffee sometime and talk about this project I have? And to be quite honest, a lot of my work has come from, from just doing that. So know, I think, as a professional musician, that the person that you're putting across is very, very important. The musician, yeah, of course, is very important, but the person that you're putting across is important. You've got to be a good hang, which is a lovely terminology that just comes straight from the scene. So it's this idea of being a nice person to be around, being somebody that can just get along with everybody, that doesn't cause a fuss, isn't isn't too worried about being the center of attention or under the spotlight, but can just do the job. Yeah. Yeah. In the music business in general, that has proven time and time again to me to be pretty much the most important skill. <laughs> Absolutely. And there's this thing of like, and it sounds very cutting and very harsh, but your social etiquette is your reputation and it's your responsibility. Because if you are hired off the back of it, You've got to know that you, you know, you've got everything together, that you can be dependable. I think these are these are qualities that you can show even at like a, a down to earth, relaxed jam. I think you can show that, that you're somebody who supports the scene as well, that you support others, that I think everybody starts to understand, hey, great players are around, but this player vibes other players and he's hard to be around. But if you see somebody that's just welcoming to everybody, I started to notice that as well, even just going out to watch jams. I started to see the same faces getting up on stage as part of the house band. And I think, 
hang on a minute, that guy was part of the last house band, or that guy was playing over here, and then he was down in London. And I thought to myself, why? And then I started to meet these guys and realized, oh, of course, they're relaxed. They're very easy to get along with. They're interested in you. They want to hear how you play. And it's all part of the CV. The most important part of the CV, I've not written one in a long time, but I remember... I remember hearing this in several interviews. It's the top part. It's the part about you. It's not about what you do. It's about who you are. Who, who are you when you extend your hand? And I think a jam session is a great place for that. So if you're a professional musician that is interested in being in the jam environment, I think you need to really think about how, how you come across that way. Wow. Well, thanks, uh, Jack. That's really great to get your insights on this. And and hopefully, you know, for, for people, uh, we've inspired you to, you know, get out there and, and try your best. Uh, hopefully you have some tools at your disposal to be successful and not quite as intimidated in what can be sometimes a, a slightly scary and stressful situation. But um, yeah, and uh, Jack, we'll definitely invite you out for the first ever pickup music jam in Los Angeles whenever, if ever, it should happen. So uh, (laughs) thanks a lot for being here, Jack. Appreciate it. Pleasure. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a like and a subscribe. Leave us a comment, share it with a friend, all that great stuff. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next one.